Good morning and welcome in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're using Divine Service Setting 4, found in your hymnal, if you have it with you on page 203 or on page 4 of your worship folder. Please stand as you're able for our processional hymn, Evening and Morning, number 726. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. Since we are gathered this Lord's Day to hear his word, to call upon him in prayer and praise, and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar, let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of our God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. We pray together. Almighty God, have mercy upon us. Forgive us our sins and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. 
let us pray. Let your merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of your humble servants, and that they may obtain their petitions. Make them to ask such things as shall please you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the ninth Sunday after Trinity is from 2 Samuel chapter 22. With the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you deal purely. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem torturous. You save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Lord, and my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? This God is my strong refuge, and he has made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God.
The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now these things took place as examples to us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of ages has come. Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, What shall I do, since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. This is the gospel of our Lord. We confess our faith, the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, 
God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
text for today is from our Gospel, Luke chapter 16. Jesus said, The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. In the name of Jesus, Amen. What is the world to you? In the 1930s, an American industrial engineer by the name of Alan F. Morgenstern created what is known as the Work Simplification Program. In simple terms, his intent was to increase the ability of people to be more productive with less effort. Thus, Mr. Morgenstern is commonly credited with coining a phrase that I have used often in leadership and with our children. Work smarter, not harder. I'm not sure where I first heard or learned this phrase, but it's stuck with me throughout my life this far. And as a child, I also recall watching Saturday morning cartoons on our little 13-inch black and white TV, especially enjoying the antics of the nephews of Donald Duck, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And their great uncle was none other than Scrooge McDuck, a rich, tight-fisted penny pincher who always told his nephews, work smarter than the smarties and tougher than the toughies. All in all, not bad advice, right? And how much of this advice have you applied to your life, your education, your work, your career, your vocations? Or how about just your schedules on a day-to-day -day basis? In our gospel text for today, we hear of a steward, a manager. His job is to take care of all that he has been entrusted with by his master, to manage the accounts, to make sure that the business is, is operating at a profit, not a loss, to make sure as well that all the employees are taken care of. But he has failed. Turn in the account of your management, the master says, for you can no longer be manager. Why? He was wasting his master's possessions. He was not being a good steward of what his master had given him to manage. And he has a problem, and he readily admits it. He's not strong enough to dig, to do manual labor. He's ashamed, he's afraid to ask for help. Perhaps you can relate to one or both of those. But he's worried about his life here and now. What does the world mean to him? Well, he wants to continue his lifestyle as it's been. He wants to preserve his reputation, and so, by gosh and by golly, He's going to make friends for himself, not in low places, but in the highest of places he can. And so he continues his muddling ways of mismanaging his master's possessions. He calls those in that have a bill, and he quickly reduces it. Now, to be fair, that's completely within his right as manager. But just because he has the authority to do so does not make it a good thing. Jesus, to be fair, is not commending those who
who would mismanage the gifts that they have been given and have authority over. We hear the word shrewd in our gospel text for today because after the manager has done this completely for himself with no thought of of his master, only selfishly thinking of his own well-being, the master ironically commends him commends him for his shrewdness. The word shrewd, if you look it up in any of your dictionaries or online, is typically defined this way. Having or showing sharp powers of judgment. To be astute. And so the admonition placed before us today by Jesus is this. If you are so shrewd in dealing with all the things of this world, if you are so willing to expend so much time and effort on education, on work, on schedules, on mammon, the stuff of this world, your earthly life, how willing are you to be just as shrewd with regards to things spiritual? How much effort is placed into hearing God's Word, into prayer, into receiving the Lord's Supper, And even more so, how shrewd are you? How much effort do you expend showing these sharp powers of judgment, being astute, working harder, not smarter? How shrewd are you with regards to your neighbor who needs your good deeds? Thus today's text, from the words of your Master, your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, deals with identifying your sin and mine And the seventh commandment calls it for what it is. Do you remember it? You shall not steal. What does this mean? Say it with me. We should fear and love God so that we do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or get them in any dishonest way, but help him to improve and protect his possessions and income. Did you catch that last sentence? that often gets forgotten and ignored in Luther's explanation of the seventh commandment. That you and I, as children of the Most High God, as stewards of all that God has given us, are supposed to help who improve and protect their possessions and income? Your neighbor. You see, Jesus is not against you having stuff, having money, nor is he certainly against you being shrewd and wise in this world. He wants you to be a good steward of his gifts that he has given you. And a Christian looks around their house, looks around and see all that they have, and simply says, this is from God. Have you worked? Sure. But a Christian gives all credit to God for the gifts that he has given. Are you using all that you have been given for the good of your neighbor? Thus the question for today. Or are you being selfish in creating a false idol for yourself in this life? Furthermore, are only being shrewd with regards to the things of this life and and ignoring God's word? What is it to be shrewd? What is the world to you? And where do the things that God provides 
his heavenly, spiritual, sacramental gifts, what role do they play? You see, you have been called out of darkness into light. Our Paschal candle is lit today because we had a baptism yesterday and we'll have one after the late service today. The light of Christ has come into a sin-filled, dark world. The world in which you were born into. Thus all of us here are sons of this world. Which is why the disciples take issue with Jesus when he pointedly tells them, your father is the devil. In sin did our mothers conceive us. But Christ comes for you. To bring light to bring his righteousness, to clothe you and robe you with all that he is, to make you now a son of light. And sons of light are called to act differently, to be shrewd in different ways, not for themselves, but for their neighbor. Thus Jesus says, the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. Jesus certainly wants you to be shrewd in this life and in this world, but he wants you to do so as a son of light. Last week, we talked a little bit about perspective. We talked about all that we do, all that we say, in the sight of God. That we look at our life here through the lens of Holy Scripture, literally through the blood of Jesus Christ that has covered us over. And thus, we have a different perspective. We trust the Lord will provide. We work hard. We certainly are diligent in all that we have been given and all that we are called to do. But Christ has come to release you from the sinful shrewdness, the idolatrous shrewdness that this world propagates. He's come to release you from that into which you were born that you may be reborn as a child of God, and so you have been, so you are daily in the waters of holy baptism. Christ has come shedding his blood upon Golgotha's tree for the times that you acted only as sons of this world, giving nary a thought for your neighbor, selfishly gathering and hoarding all that you have just for yourself. Christ has come for you, for the times you failed to worship, to pray, to receive the Lord's gifts to trust that your very life is hidden in God with Christ Jesus and that He will preserve you body and soul unto life everlasting. Paul teaches us quite pointedly that He who did not spare His own Son but delivered Him up for us all, shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Perhaps you feel that you're lacking in things that you need. Perhaps times have been tough and difficult. But your faith clings to the Lord's promises that He will yet provide for you. Cast your eyes upon Christ. Think of these things in sight of He who has come for you. Of He who Himself had nothing. Matthew tells us that foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. Even they have stuff, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay His head. Jesus emptied Himself kept himself from all of that stuff of life to free you, to redeem you, that you may joyously enjoy all that he gives you, but that you may also use it for your neighbor. You see, when you are a child of God, you are wealthy. Did you know that? 
You might not describe yourself to your friends or your children or your grandchildren as wealthy, but in God's eyes, you are immensely wealthy. It doesn't matter how many things in this world you personally own or have in your possession. After all, what difference does it make when you know the one who owns it all? When you know Christ, you understand that God doesn't need anything that you have. You need what God has. And God promises that you will receive everything that he has to give. Our story for today, the story of this unjust steward, steward, is actually sandwiched between two other stories that Jesus tells about material wealth. Take some time this week and read through all three of them together. Our story for today comes after the story of the prodigal son who went out and wasted his father's wealth on sinful living. But then he repented of his sin. He returned to his father and was received with joy and celebration. The clear message is that the repentance of one individual Christian is worth much more than any amount of money. And our text for today also comes right before the story of the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man there in that story put his confidence in his wealth. He ate sumptuously and dined each day on fine food. Lazarus, on the other hand, sat outside the man's gates, begging, being filled with crumbs and scraps that were left for the dogs. The rich man died, Jesus says, and went to hell, and nothing could help him there. None of his savings, none of his possessions, none of the stuff of this life. Such it is for the sons of the world. But for the sons of light, for Lazarus, for he who has faith, Lazarus receives the blessed gift of everlasting life. Lazarus, who in his lifetime did not have any material wealth, was really the wealthy man. And the rich man was really the poor man. So be careful, would you, how you define wealth or even being poor. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Paul writes as well to young pastor Timothy, now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith and their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Yes, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, let us repent that we have fallen victim, fallen into the same trap of sin as sons of this world, as the unjust steward has. Let us as sons of light work diligently with all that God has given us, with an eye not only to God's grace and mercy, but to our neighbor who needs the gifts that we have been given. Jesus thus tells us from John 6, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man freely gives to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. What is the world to you? In the name of Jesus.
Please rise and let us pray for all people, the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the priesthood of all the baptized, that they would be humble and merciful, faithful in their vocations and grateful for the salvation they have in Christ Jesus. And in thanksgiving for the baptisms of Leo Brown and Bennett Weimer, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Lord of the harvest to fill his vineyard of grace with faithful workers, that his means of grace would be available to sinners in need the world over. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Matthew, our synod president, for Jameson, our district president, Chad, our circuit visitor, Marcus and James, our pastors, and all pastors in Christ, that they would preach the gospel in its purity and administer the sacraments according to Christ's institution. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the strength to resist temptations that assault God's children, especially the temptation to indulge in sexual immorality or to be overcome with the love of money, that, that we would repent where we have fell and pray to these temptations and with God's help strive to be chaste and content. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For a faithful faithful prayer life among God's children, that they would call upon the Lord when in need, give him thanks for the provisions he provides for body and soul, and praise him in everything. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For good government among us, that we may live in freedom and peace without violence or oppression, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For students and teachers, as they return to school both near and far, that they would be kept safe from all harm, have safe and peaceful learning environments, and grow in the vocations which the Lord has put before them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those experiencing physical afflictions, troubles, anxiety, loneliness at this time, especially for Phil, for David, for Elaine, for Gary, for Paul and Steve, for Dick, Hayden and Becky, Teresa and Pat and Paul, and for Lauren and Kurt and William and Bill and Ed and Carol, and for Mary Ellen and Joni, Joshua, Shirley, and Hayden, and Jerry, and for Bob, and for our shut-ins, for Olga, Lorraine, for Anne, and for Doris, and for all the expectant mothers in this world, for, for Heidi, for Alyssa, for Maria, and for Lauren. Lord, that they would be delivered from every trouble and strengthened in their faith. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who receive Christ's body and blood this day, that they would be strengthened and preserved in the one true faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For faithfulness until this life's end, or until the day of Christ's return in glory, that we would be among the great multitude that no one could number in Christ's kingdom, which has no end, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Also you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally, because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, King of all creation, for you have had mercy on us and given your only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In your righteous judgment, you condemned the sin of Adam and Eve, who ate the forbidden fruit, and you justly barred them and all their children from the tree of life. Yet in your great mercy, you promised salvation by a second Adam, your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and made his cross a life-giving tree for all who trust in him. We give you thanks for the redemption you have prepared for us through Jesus Christ. Grant us your Holy Spirit that we may faithfully eat and drink of the fruits of his cross and receive the blessings of forgiveness, life, and salvation that come to us in his body and blood. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
And now may the body and blood of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you steadfast into life everlasting. Depart in peace and with great joy. Your sins are forgiven. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.